Okay, everyone. Hey, we are here. It is time. Time for New Hope Radio. Glad that you're a part of it. Glad I'm a part of it. And we are here together studying God's Word. So important. Jesus said, right? Man shall not live by food alone. But you need the scriptures. You should live by every word of God. How important that is. That's what we're doing right now. I wrote a little book a while ago. And I uh, just brought it to print a shorter while ago. It's called How to Face Your Giant. And it's a story about some of the things we can learn from the way David fought Goliath. Popular story, but there's always fresh insight that we can gain from these things. Matter of fact, if you like a copy of the book, I think I offer it for like $5. Send a check to New Hope Christian Church, five bucks, throw a dollar in for shipping, and it'll be yours. I think you'll like it. So it gave me an idea to do a series on giants. And, um, you know, giants are those big, ugly, intimidating things that kind of loom up in front of us, especially when we least expect it. And we're going to learn how to handle those big giants when they come into our lives. Okay? And, uh, you know, God gave us the Old Testament so we could learn from the characters of the Old Testament how to face our giants today. Did you know that? That's why the Bible says in Romans 15, 4, for whatever was written in earlier times, that's the Old Testament, was written for our instruction so that through the perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So yeah, God wants us to have hope, and we get it through the Scriptures. So again, I started thinking about some of the giants that you know we as God's people face in our lives. And... Um, so we're going to take a look at some of the giants that we face. We're not going to look at Goliath. That's in the book. But we're going to look at the giants that pop up in our lives many times unexpectedly. And today we're going to see that Moses was a man that had a giant in his own life as well. And what was this giant's name? I call his giant's name No Way Out. That's what Moses faced. A giant that was called No Way Out. And perhaps in your own life, you've met this giant. You find yourself in this place where there was like, uh-oh, no way out. So, let's set the scene. It's a scene that makes one feel closed in, with no way out, and just about hopeless. That's where Moses and the Israelites were. They were hemmed in. No way out. Wait a minute. Let me change that. No apparent way out. Big difference, you know. There's a big difference between no way out and no apparent way out. No way out means there's no way out. No apparent way out means I just don't see it. Oh, there's one, but I don't see it. Now, many of you are familiar with the story of the Exodus. Moses asked Pharaoh if the people could go out into the wilderness to worship God. And Pharaoh said, no, 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 a thousand times no. Because he figured, oh man, if I let these guys go, they'll never come back. They'll never return. I don't think I'm going to let them go. So God brought ten plagues upon Egypt, and everyone was to push 
Pharaoh a little more into letting the people go. Pharaoh still didn't budge. Oh, but the last one, that's the one that broke Pharaoh. And that's where God instituted the Passover, where the people put the blood of an unblemished land on the sides and the top of their doors. And when the angel of death came by, flew over the houses, and he saw the blood, he passed over that house. But where there was no blood, the firstborn of each household would die. And of course, the Egyptians didn't know about this blood deal going on. So every Egyptian home lost someone. Well, that was finally too much for Pharaoh to bear. And he told Moses, take the people, take the flocks, go, just go. Sick of you people around here. Even the Egyptian people gave them articles of silver and gold and all kinds of things. Go! The Bible says that they pillaged the Egyptians. It's like they paid them to leave. First, they didn't want them to go. Then, they paid them to go. Now, human nature, it's a funny thing. Not ha-ha funny, just funny like odd or weird. This is why. Did you ever repent of something and then find yourself going right back to it again? Or you made up your mind about something, but then when life got a little easier, changed your mind again, right? That happens. That's our human nature, you know? Well, that's what happened to Pharaoh. In Exodus 14, verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his servants, ooh, had a change of heart toward the people. And they said, what have we done? <laughs> we let Israel go from serving us. What did I do? We let our servants leave. We let our slaves go. We need them. That's our cheap workforce. So you know what Pharaoh did? He got his chariot ready, and he took with his people and 600 select chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers <clears throat> over all of them. So what Pharaoh did, he mounted up his cavalry. Cavalry or cavalry? Cavalry. And they moved very quickly because they had fast horses. Oh, they caught up to the Israelites. They're just walking. They caught up. Now let's think about the Jews for a minute. They just escaped Egypt with a victory. Right? They were slaves for 400 years. God told them, I will deliver you through the man Moses. And he gave them the Passover, and they were free. They were free. They were rich because they pillaged the Egyptians. They bought them off, and they were on their way to a new life. They were the happiest people in the world, being pursued by the maddest people in the world. <laughs> you know, when you're happy and you're being chased by somebody mad, that can ruin your happiness. You know that? That's exactly what it did for the Jewish people. But that's not the worst of their problems. They haven't even yet met their giant. What was that giant's name? No way out. He hasn't arrived on the scene yet. So when the people saw the Egyptians approaching, you know what they did? They began to blame Moses. What else is new? In verse 11, they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt? that you took us away to die in the wilderness? I thought that was pretty poetic. 
Why, why couldn't we die in Egypt? Why why'd you, you brought us out here to die? Moses, why have you dealt with us this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't it funny how people forget so quickly the bad situation they were in? They said, is not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? I don't know if they said that. Leave us alone. We like being slaves, Moses. Leave us alone. They said, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the wilderness. Did you ever think like that? Did you ever talk like that? I'd rather be a slave in Egypt than die in the wilderness. You know, America was not built on that. You know that? America and Americans would rather die fighting for freedom than being cozy and slaves. That's American blood. That's American blood. People are trying to change it. Don't let them change it. It's who we are. We are people that would rather die to be free than to be slaves and comforted. How many women today have settled for an abusive relationship rather than be alone? That's sad. Sad commentary. Rather be in a situation that is awful, but at least you're with somebody, than be alone and free. Look at aloneness as freedom. Freedom from the abuse. Freedom from the hurt. The heartache. Stripping you down of your personhood. You don't settle for that. So question. Let's go back to the desert. Why were they where they were? Why were they in this place where there was no way out? And we haven't even seen that yet. Well, when Pharaoh had led the people of God, I mean, when Pharaoh let the people go, the Bible says God did not send them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was closer. For God said, no, the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. God figured these people, man, they're, they're not fighters. If I bring them through the Philistines, and the Philistines are going to be there, and they're going to protect their land, they're not going to let them through. They're going to go back to Egypt. So I'm going to bring them the long way around. So he led the people by way of the mountain ranges. Then they met their giant, no way out. They're like, wait a minute. How do we get here? We look to the left, mountains. We look to the right, mountains. We look up ahead, nothing but water. We look in the back, the maddest people in the world, the Egyptians. Here they come, and they're coming fast. How do you handle the giant named No Way Out? Well, when you know how to face your giant, you stand out from the rest. And of the two million people that came out of Egypt, you know what Moses did? He stood out from the rest. One guy. That's all it was. One man stood out from the rest. Because you know what it says in verse 13? But Moses. Everybody else is going to panic. But Moses. He said to the people, do not fear. Stand by 
and see the salvation of the Lord. He's saying, listen, don't do this. Do this. Don't fear. Stand and see. Sometimes we have to do that, right? We have to stand up. We have to look. Stop cowering. Stop crawling up into a ball and look. Look at what God will accomplish for you today, Moses said. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you'll never see them again forever. Boy, Moses had some confidence, didn't he? You know why Moses had confidence? The same reason we can have confidence. Because he talked to God. And God talked to him. See, when you have conversation with God, the result is confidence. Because, number one, you know who God is, and number two, you know who you are. That's a good combination. That's a great, that's a, that's a good deal. I know who God is. I know who I am. Boom, let's go. Let's go forward. We know who we are. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. In other words, you don't have to do anything. Just stand and see. That's all. Stand and see. Sometimes that's the best thing we can do. Sometimes we get all panicky and fearful. And we try to come up with all these ideas on how to get out of this tight spot that we're in and it looks like there's no way out. Maybe stand and see and be quiet. Let God work. See, there are some things in life that we are better off leaving to God. Leaving to God. Don't Sometimes you don't roll your sleeves up and jump into it. Sometimes you stand back and you watch God work. I know there have been times when people have been in other lives. I'll, I'll use my example. <clears throat> people have been in my life. And they were nothing but misery. I mean it. Nothing but misery. Maybe I've been like that in somebody else's life too. I don't know. But, but And I just prayed, God, just do what you do. And in time, they were, were removed from my life. It's gone. Better than taking matters into my own hands. That God, I'm just going to step back and pray and let you work. And he did. And he removed them. And God will do that. See, God will do what we can't do. There are things that we're better off leaving to God. Verse 15, so the Lord said to Moses, didn't I tell you they had a conversation? <clears throat> didn't I tell you God talked to Moses and Moses talked to God? That's why Moses was so bold. So the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? <laughs> oh, I can just picture God, Moses, why are you crying to me? To me? <laughs> Tell the sons of Israel, go forward. Just keep going. Keep marching. <laughs> Sometimes the, the, the solution is so simple. Don't, who, who told you to stop walking? Keep walking. Stop praying and start walking. Go forward. See, Moses crying out to God. God's like, Moses, wait a minute. Stop crying. We could translate that, stop praying. 
because praying is talking to God. So Moses, listen, just stop walking. You know, sometimes we pray too much and don't act enough. You know that? You know what you can do? You can pray too much and act not enough. You, you can just pray, 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 and nothing gets done. Well, what are you doing? I'm just praying about it. I'm just praying for God's will. Well, why don't you go do this thing? I'm praying for God's will. Well, God's will is in his word. Do you know his word? Well, yeah. Well, then go do it. You don't need to pray. Some things you don't need to pray about. You don't hide behind prayer. You, you, when, you, when you know the will of God, you go forward and you do it. You don't have to pray about it. Okay? So, you know what happened next? Moses, he lifted up his staff. You're not going to believe what happened. <laughs> the Red Sea, whoosh, potted right down the middle. And not only did the Red Sea part down the middle and rose up on embankments on both sides, but the ground dried up and the people walked across. I mean, the ground wasn't even damp. You know, like when the wave comes into the beach and it goes back out and the ground is damp? The Bible says that the ground was dry. Wow. So, you know what? Work of God. Oh, yeah. That's a work of God. Because if it wasn't a work of God, the ground would have been wet. But it stayed dry. And then when the last person got across, <laughs> the sea closed in. And look at here they come. Oh, man, here come the Egyptians. Look at them, here they come. And the water closed in on them. And they drowned them all. It drowned the enemies of the people of God. There's enemies in the world of the people of God. And you know who takes care of them? God does. God takes care of them. And thus, in verse 30, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the beach. Wow. And when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people, oh yeah, feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. So that was a great victory for the Egyptians, I mean the uh, Israelites, and for Moses. But you know, people have short memories, don't they? And as you read through the Exodus story, you find every once in a while, the people rose up, oh, they wanted to kill Moses, they wanted to stone him, they were mad at God, you know, they, just, they complained quite a bit of the way. People have short memories. They do. When God does something great for you, don't forget it. Don't put it in the short memory file. That's worth remembering. That's why there were times in the Old Testament when they built altars, when God did something great. He said, build an altar there. They crossed the, uh, the Jordan River. Build an altar there. Why? So when the next generations come around, they'll say, what's that for? Oh, that's a memorial. That's when God stopped the water so we could get across. See, God knows you need to preserve history. You can't erase history. And again, 
these stories are so contemporary to today because there's a movement in our country to erase our history. It's a trick. It's a trap. It's a trap to destroy the country. You learn from your history. Yes, the bad and the good. You celebrate the good and you learn from the bad so you don't repeat it. But if you erase it, you've lost identity. You've lost the identity as a nation. So sometimes giants come into our lives. You know why? So God can show us that he is bigger. That's why. Every giant is bigger than you and me. But God is bigger than every giant. And if you have ever met the giant named No Way Out, and you felt hopeless with no apparent escape, now you know what to do. Your no way out could be a broken marriage, unemployment, severed relationship, friendship, children. Could be anything. Oh, they're out there, and they're real. But now you know what to do. Simple things. Simple things God gives us. Number one, don't be afraid. First and foremost, oh, don't be afraid. How many times did Jesus say to the disciples, fear not, don't be afraid. Because the first thing you have to do is handle your fear. Because fear paralyzes. And if you don't handle your fear, then you can't do anything else. You can't even think. No, you can't even think straight. You've got to handle your fear. First and foremost, if fear creeps in, you've got to handle the fear. Don't be afraid. Then the sixth thing, sixth, second thing we see, stand still. Just stop. Just stop what you're doing. And wait. And then thirdly, see when you stop what you're doing, you're like regrouping. You're assessing the situation. Okay, now that I'm not afraid, I can assess I can see where I am. I can see what's happening. And then thirdly, watch. Watch God deliver. Oh, he will come through for you. He might not come through in a way that you expect. Like, I, I don't think the Israelites expected the Red Sea to part. <laughs> I, they might have expected something else, but I mean, come on, who, who expects a body of water to just disappear? But God did something that they didn't expect. And God, when he delivers you, it might be not what you're expecting, but it'll be, still be a deliverance, a deliverance for your heart, for your soul. And then once you have that, number four, here it is, go forward. Oh yeah, keep going. Go forward. You know, the Christian life is a life about going forward. It's not about dwelling on the past. That's not the Christian life. God has given us so much to look forward to. Right? I mean, when you think about it, our eternal home is our ultimate goal, our ultimate port in the storm. So we have a lot to look forward to. Our eternal home with Christ. And really, it's going to be on the new earth. Not even in heaven, but the new earth. We'll be living with the Lord. 
So we, we're always looking forward. Going forward means I'm looking forward. I'm looking to the future. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to be paralyzed. I'm not going to think that I have to handle this giant because he's so much bigger than me. Things that are bigger than me, I leave to God. And if I leave something to God, I leave it to him. I cast my cares upon him, for he cares for me. And I walk away. So think of those four things, okay? Just remember them. Here comes the giant. There's no way out. What do I do? Number one, don't be afraid. Don't fear. Number two, stand still. Number three, watch. In other words, stand still means chill out. Don't jump into this thing and handle it yourself. Back off. Number three, watch God. Watch God. See the salvation of the Lord, Moses said. Watch what God does. And then lastly, number four, go forward. That's it. Go forward. That's what we do. Next time we're together, we're going to see another giant. This giant is called pride. This kind of pride comes from um, boasting in what you have or who you are. There's a kind of a pride that says, my head is like a rock and I, you can't tell me anything. We're not talking about that kind of pride tomorrow, next time. We're going to talk about the pride of boasting. There's a guy in the Bible named Hezekiah. He was a king. And he boasted about some things. <laughs> the, the things he boasted about, people came and took them. They stole them. What? They did. He boasted about his accomplishments, and people came and stole them, those dirty rats. Well, we're going to see how that works next time right here on New Hope Radio. Thank you for coming along today. Hey, listen, get some friends to listen. Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter. I think I can speak to all of them. You don't have to know the Lord. Hopefully, at the end of the program, you will. So, New Hope Radio is here to tell the good, the good news of the Lord Jesus. And also to introduce you to the Hope Club. A daily devotional every Monday through Friday. Right in your email box. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click giving. Can you cough up three bucks a week? That'll do it. Because that helps pay for our radio bill. I'll send you out the email Monday through Friday. Fill out the info. Hit submit. You are there. Thank you for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.